Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Manifesting Brilliance, Living Your Authentic Life podcast. My name is Jerome Emhoff, and it's my pleasure and honor to welcome you to the space and to our conversation today. Now, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know that it's very low tech, very grassroots, which means I'm recording from my home in Palm Springs, California. And I live in a somewhat busy neighborhood. I have two dogs and a husband. And so you're likely to hear from time to time background noise. But um, hopefully you'll forgive that and just uh, tune in for the good content and the great discussion. Um, I have a guest on today's podcast. And before I introduce her, I'd just like to take a moment for us to ground ourselves um, and to be completely present. So if, if it's safe for you to do so, that means you're not operating an automobile or heavy equipment, uh, please close your eyes. Sort of become aware of your breath without changing anything about it. And I like to start, start my podcasts the way Marianne Williamson begins her talks. So we see in the middle of our minds a little ball of golden light. We watch this light grow larger and larger until now it fills the entire inner vision of our minds. We see for ourselves within this light, a beautiful temple. We notice a garden which surrounds the temple and a body of water which flows through the garden. We see that the inside of the temple is lit also with the same beautiful golden light. And this is where we are. For we have been called together by the power and into the presence of God, our source, the creator of all that is. And we devote this time spent together, our relationships to one another, the work that we do, all that we are, to God's Holy Spirit. And we pray that that same Holy Spirit would lift us above and beyond this illusion, this world of darkness and chaos to the light and peace and love and grace which lay beyond. And so it is together we say, amen. So it is my pleasure today to introduce um, and welcome to the podcast, Esther Jones Alley, who is an intuitive spiritual life coach and an ordained interfaith minister. Now I met um, Esther serendipitously through um, uh, application or website called Lunch Club that we're both involved in. And I spoke with her there. And then we had another conversation. And I just have to say that Esther is one of the most fascinating and um, inspirational people I've met. Uh, we've always, we always have these great conversations that sort of just go where they go. And so, um, so uh, who knows what we'll, we'll talk about today on this podcast, but um, I can assure you it will be extremely interesting. So um, welcome to the podcast, uh, Esther. It's well, greetings, really fellow soul travelers, and thank you, Jerome. I'm excited to be with you today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So um, let's just start out with um, what brought you to where you are today in your spiritual journey? So uh, you're in, an interfaith minister, uh, yeah. a spiritual life coach. Yeah. And so what was it for you? I think we all have a moment of spiritual awakening. We sort of muddle through our lives, spiritual beings having a human experience, but completely unaware on many levels of the fact that we're spiritual beings. And if you're like me, um, you were raised in a church. I was raised Roman Catholic. And so I didn't give that a second thought. It was just sort of part of the identity of being a member of the Emhoff family that we went to mass. Um, and it was fascinating. And I remember as a little boy, just being really interested in, in what was going on at the altar and couldn't wait until I was old enough to go, you know, eat the host because that seemed really special. Um, but it wasn't until much later in my life that I had an awakening myself where I realized that I was more than just this body. Um, and it happens to all of us in different ways. And I would love to hear just a little bit of your story, Esther. Well, Jerome, I too 
was raised in a church. It was a Pentecostal holiness church, very, very strict and restrictive. Um, but I wasn't fascinated by it. I was confused. I did not relate to it. I didn't understand what they were doing. And um, they were trying to teach me uh, from the Bible. And I was constantly asking questions that didn't make sense because there were holes in it for me. And um, it was a very um, unexciting time of my life. But, um, and as soon as I was able to, at 17, I left home and I was like, no, I'm not going to college. I want to go see there. It's got to be something more in this world. Well, uh, at 23, I had a near-death experience. I um, <clears throat> contracted hepatitis 2, but didn't know that I had it. And for six months, it took them six months to figure out what was going on with me. And by that time, I was in the third stages of the disease, which means that um, you're going to go into a coma and basically die. The hepatitis is um, a disease of the liver where the liver becomes uh, inflamed and it swells and, and the bowel that it normally flushes through the body begins to go into the body and poison the system. And by that, by the time they figured out, I had turned yellow and my eyes were yellow. So I was jaundiced. And I remember there were a lot of um, things that happened that were really strange to me. One was innately, I knew I was leaving and I began to prepare for that. Um, and I was okay with it for some strange reason. I was settled with the fact that my time here was up because I never expected to live past 30 anyway. I was having so much fun. I was like, <laughs> it's up. But um, I, um, I remember going home back to the little town that I was raised in because at the time I was living in Long Beach, California and I was raised in Monrovia which is a little town at the foothills um, uh, uh, and, and just little small towns they all in the San Gabriel Valley anyway but I wanted to go home because I <clears throat> wanted to visit my mom and my family just see everybody one last time and um, you know they were all kind of shocked when they saw me because I was skin and bones by then you know this thing had taken me to a place where I couldn't eat and and I was just really really small you could see all of my um skeletal I was like a skeleton basically anyway my mom um my mom and 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 her church you know began to pray and it was a uh the bishop there that that really let me know, confirmed to me that I was definitely on my way out. But he said something that was so interesting. He said, but it's your choice. See, I never thought that I would have a choice. He said, no one can do this for you. This is something that you have to do. You have to make this connection with God. And I'm like, oh, I'm dead because I don't know what God is. I'm just done, <laughs> right? And so, <laughs> and so um, I, I, I left her thinking, but but the words, I have a choice. I have a choice stuck with me. Anyway, they ended up taking me to the hospital because I was basically laying there drifting off into a coma. And the funny thing about it was um, I at that point, I was no there was no pain. In fact, I felt amazing. And when I would close my eyes, I would just see white, just everything was white. There was just bright, bright white you know, no tunnels, none of that stuff. But I knew that I was at peace. And there was a peace beyond anything that I could understand. I didn't, it was, everything was just perfect at this point. Well, my mom then decided to take me to the hospital because they knew it was like, this is not right, what's happening. So they got me there. And I, I come from a very large family. They were, they were very clannish at the time. And so we're, we're, we're like training to the hospital, carloads of us, you know, getting <laughs> to the hospital, right? Because everybody had to go. And um, they got me there and they examined me. And I remember hearing the doctor say to my mother, my family, because he called, who's here with her? And of course, everybody gathered around. And he said, if you know how to pray, you better pay because there's nothing we can do. And um, they did admit me, 
and there was no medication because the liver is the filter of the body. So there was no medication. There's no medication at that time that they could give me. I don't know if it's changed now because I don't deal with diseases, but at that time, all they could give me was vitamins and three square bland meals with no seasoning, just the food, just as it was. And I remember every day my mother would come and wake me and feed me. And she'd sit there all day until visiting hours were over. And she would travel 30 miles there and 30 miles back. Um, she was my angel at that time. But what was happening to me was I was having these vivid dreams about my life. It was like my whole life was playing out before me. I mean, I began to see things that happened to me as a baby, you know, when I was eight months old and two years old. And, you know, and I would tell these stories to my mom when she'd come in, she'd be like, well, how can you remember that? You were only eight months old when this happened. And she would confirm what I was seeing. And this went on for like 16 days. And I think the only reason I didn't slip into that coma was because she kept coming. She kept praying. She kept holding me to this side of life. Yeah. And um, it was so bad. The doctor was like, okay, well, we're going to do a liver biopsy because we don't understand what's happening here. You're not gaining any weight. The point, the bowel is not backing out of your system. So we're going to schedule for a liver biopsy. And I was really like, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I was really afraid of that, right? It, you know, I knew what the process was and it was just a horrendous process. And I didn't want to do that. And, um, and I remember um, just that night I was in the, the bathroom and I was hymning this song, this, this spiritual song. And when I went to sleep that night, I didn't dream. I don't remember dreaming. There was nothing. But when I woke up that morning, the sun, I had like corner windows. The sun was coming through those windows. And it was as if I had never seen the sun before. I remember jumping out of bed and I ran to the window and opened and looked up and I said, oh my God, this is what the sun is. This is what it looks like. And I looked down and I saw the top of the trees and I was like, oh, that's what a tree really looks like. And the grass, everything was as if I had never seen it before. And I will never forget that feeling. It was as though I hadn't been here and I'd stepped in to someone else's body. Because even the memories that I had was like I was looking into someone else's life. I don't remember experiencing them, but they were there. And that was the turning point for me. That was when, I mean, when they came in to take, the phlebotomist come, came in to take my blood, I told him, I said, I'm going home today. And he was like, uh, no, I don't think so. I said, yes, I'm going home. And I was so agitated and so irritated. You know, I went to the pay phone and called my mom and said, bring my clothes. I'm going to come home today. And she's like, I don't think so, Esther. They, they didn't tell me that. I said, no, I'm well, I'm finished, I'm healed. I want to go home. So when the doctor came in to examine me, I was just so adamant, you can't keep me here, I'm healed. He said, okay, let's make a deal. He said, if you gain, when you gain five pounds and some of the bowel backs out of your system, I'll let you go home. Well, here comes the miracle. The next day, I had gained five pounds and all of the bowel was out of my system. The doctor was like shocked. He was like, we've never seen this before. I, what, what, you know, I said, I met my deal, my part of the deal. Now you have to meet yours. Let me go. And my life just changed from there. I began to seek and search everything. I read about every religion. I, I studied everything I could get my hands on. And I wanted to know because that experience showed me there was a God, there was an entity greater than me. Um, I hadn't believed that before. If I was in trouble, I just call my mother and my grandmother and say, pray for me. I knew they could get the prayer through because I didn't know anything about that. But this experience opened up somewhere in my heart, I must've made a choice to stay because I was still here. And my life, I, the way that I s s 
visualized and saw things were just totally different. People would come up to me and, and give me books. I didn't even know this woman. She gave me this book in a, it was in a paperback. She said, I, the cover's off, but I was told to give you this. And I'm like, okay. And it was a book by um, U.S. Anderson called Three Magic Words. Amazing book, amazing. Just everything was qualifying the experience that I had been through. I would walk in bookstores and books would fall off the shelf in front of me. And I knew that was for me to read. So that was my turning point. And I'm not going to say that it all went smooth and uphill from there. But what did happen, it began to open up the gifts that was in me. All of a sudden, I understood manifesting. And I had never even heard the word before, let alone know how to do it, you know. But I, I was never, I mean, I, I, I had lived a life from hand to mouth. And from that point in my life, I was never broke again. I've never been broke. I've been down temporarily out of cash, but broke? No, never. And it was because I learned that the mind was the creative center. It was through our thoughts and our, that, that, that became ideas and the belief that we put behind it and the emotions and the feelings that brought that thought from the ether into reality as matter. It was the most amazing thing and it became so natural to me. So natural, I just thought in that way. I began to live in that way. That doesn't mean I didn't work, I did. That doesn't mean that there wasn't limits because here I'm dealing with the mind coming from lack and limitations all my life. I had, there were 10 of us, man. I didn't even see a bedroom of my own until I was ready to get out of high school, you know, or bed, let alone a bed, you know, a bedroom. I had a bed, but not a bedroom. But that's what I knew was lack, limitation, scraping from paycheck to paycheck. All that changed. Um, the way I seen and understood people, it was just different. And I've been on the path ever since. And each step that I have taken along my life, it's just been a higher and higher understanding, you know? Yeah. So. It's that's so fascinating. So many things to unpack in your story. Um, the first is, it's interesting because I lead a group of, of people through um, a study of A Course in Miracles. Right. And, uh, and on Monday, we had a conversation about death. Mm. And one of the, the women in our group is a hospice worker. Mm-hmm. And so she's been around people who are dying right. for, for years and years and years. It's what she does. She helps people die. And one of the things that she, you mentioned that it's a choice. Yeah, and she mentioned that that some people have a really difficult time in the pro- during the process. Some people it's very easy, right. and for others, the act of dying is really difficult because they feel so tethered yes. to this world and to the people in this world, and they have a hard time letting it go. And so that transition for them isn't isn't easy because they're feeling so like they want to die they know they're dying but but they're so tethered to this place and then so it's for like you they're to waiting. have that it's ahead. like they're uh, waiting yeah. it's like because i've i've done some hospice work as well and it's almost like they're waiting for permission someone on this side must give them permission and i've seen that uh, uh, happen in, in quite a few cases with people that I've been able to help cross over. And the other thing we have as a society build up so much drama and fear around this process, but death is a part of life. And it's, it's like a door. I could talk about this thing forever. 
but we've been geared and we've been taught that we only have 75, 85 years to be here and then we got to go. And so our mind begins to create that reality for us. I mean, it, it, in, in, in the Christian Bible, they talk about people that lived hundreds of years, you know, and then all of a sudden we get to this place where you're doing good if you make it to 50. Okay. <laughs> and then of course, you know, we created a lot of environmental pollution that works against us and the environment because we don't understand that we are a part of this ecosystem. Right. right. And so with our thought press process driving us to that day of dying, and it's not dying, but that's what we've been taught. Right. So yeah, it's a lot of fear around right. that. It's a lot of intrepidation about what they're losing, not understanding they're gaining, you know? Right. Um, and so, that's interesting because, so you talk about the Christian uh, so there's this Christian notion that we live this life and then when we die, we get this reward, we get this heaven. And so a couple of things happen with that. One is we sort of stop living here because we're waiting for that, right? So we don't live our, we're not in the moment. We're either fearing the past and regretting the past, right? Beating ourselves up over past mistakes or we're fearful of what's going to happen in the future, but we don't live in the moment. Right. And um so, um, uh, so the, one of the concepts, there's this Zen concept of dying every day yeah. of like making your peace with your death now, make peace with it now so that you can fully live. And I find that, like, I think that's probably part of what happened. You got well, right to well, the, to the place. And so you, yeah, see, yeah see, go ahead I, and share. I have a problem <laughs> with that. You're dying every day. See, because Again, you're at choice. I'm living every day to fulfill my purpose sure. of why I'm here. And so if Got you're it. telling yourself you're living every day, that, that then starts to produce a healthy and strong and vital body. You know, but if you're talking about your dying, then your body begins to deteriorate much quicker. It's a thought sure. process because our yeah. thoughts create our reality. And yeah. the thing is, these are suits that we have chosen to put on. Right. Our true essence is eternal. Sure. And sure, sure. we can determine how long the soul, our souls can determine how long we're going to be at this density. Got but it. if we're telling ourselves we're dying every day from the day you start, you came in, you're dying then the body begins to deteriorate on a quicker scale. Yeah, and so it begins to pull in things to help make that thought true. Right, right. I guess I need to maybe clarify what, what the conversation was because I think, um, I, I don't think we were necessarily referring to physical death every day, but the little, like we die to something uh, on a uh, on a day to day basis, we died. Like there are little deaths. There's the death of a dream that maybe no longer sits, suits us, or a, a thought process that no longer is aligned with who we truly are. So we let that go, and it's like a little death, right? And so yeah. we were talking about death as always being the uh, in the forefront. Something something dies so that we can go on to the next thing we need to have. Right. So a relationship maybe dies. Yeah. Quote unquote. And, and then and that becomes a catalyst for something better. Yeah. So but that's, you know, Drone, if I had my way, if I had the power, I would eliminate that word completely because of the negative connotation. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because I would look the way I look at things is that things transition or they transform into something else. Energy never dies and everything is energy. So it, it transform into another uh, a form or yeah, another, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Say, it's so funny when because- say, When you say dying, when you say death, what happens is it's such a final thing to people. There's so a stigma would, around the word, yeah. I would yeah. take that out. Right. I would take that word out. And I don't, I try not to use it. I'll always, 
when they someone says someone has died, so well, oh, they made their transition. Because That's how I they're see doing too. that energy is transforming into another right. form, right. Yeah. not into some heaven that they've created. And and see, all that is to me, all that was propaganda bunk to control the people. Right. And, Absolutely. and if you and you know, if you take the time and you go do just a little re research, you'll understand the methodology of the Roman Catholic Church and what they were doing. And it was all about power and control. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so a lot of the words, a lot of the things that we use in our language today is detrimental to us, right. but we use it because we've been trained to use that. Right. Right. So I've been training myself to transition, even if a flower, when a flower transitions from that form, it goes back into the earth, re-fertilizes those roots so that it can be reborn again. Right. It is a process, it's a cycle. It's not that anything is final as the way we see death. And it's the right. same thing with our souls. When our soul can no longer, when this body, and this is what happens, we treat these bodies so bad, not just right. with our <laughs> thoughts, but the, what we eat, the environment, the pollution, and then we, we, we put on top of that these negative thoughts about when I get to him and all that craziness till the body can no longer host the soul. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So the soul has to say, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. good. I, I need to go and do something else here. That's this great. is not working for me. Okay. Well, it's, it's interesting because you brought up energy. And so as I was preparing this talk, uh, for this, you know, this uh, discussion for the Course in Miracles group, um, I looked up the law of conservation of energy, which says that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, but only converted from one form to another. And everything is energy. So it's all the quantum physics stuff. And then I had this aha. It keeps coming up, but I... I discovered this probably six months ago, but every time I think about it, it just blows my mind. We talk about eternity, right? We talk about eternal life. And somehow or another, we think that means time to infinity, like time that goes on and on and on and on and on forever. But we know if we've studied quantum physics or know anything about quantum physics, that time is an illusion. So when we're talking about eternal life, it's outside of time and space. Definitely. It's, there's no time. It's the existence of no time. It's not like, oh, we're going to live on for eons and eons and eons. No. We won't even be aware of time. It won't no. even, and that, to me, is the, the whole idea of living in this moment. In the moment, because that's all that we have. That's why right. it's called the present, because it is a present. Every time we sit in this moment, we are experiencing the beauty of who and what we are. We are at one with that essence of all things. And it's, we get in trouble when we go backwards because see, when you, when you I don't know why people go backwards because they, they ain't turned that way, but you cannot change anything that has happened back there. And you cannot redo anything. But what you can know is that everything that happened back there made you who you are today. And right. all of those things that, see, I, I tell people all the time, there's no such thing as a mistake. To me, everything, every mistake that you think you've made, if you go back to that situation and pull the lesson, pull the knowledge. What did you learn? How did it change you? Did it, did it give you a new strength, a new sight? You go back into that, it becomes an experience. All those things are experiences. They only stay mistakes because we will not go back and examine what our, why our soul called that forth into our life. Because it's easier for think somebody did it to us. You know, it's easier to go into victimhood and say, this happened to me. It just amazes me how people can say, oh, this just happened. Well, there's what is there some nebulous force out there making stuff happen in your life? No, you're calling this force on some all. level. Yeah. On yeah. some level, nothing, as the Course of Miracles says, nothing comes into our world unbidden. 
Right. Our soul has called that in for us to experience it. And when we understand why and what, what that experience held for us, we move on and we continue right. to grow. This is how we grow and expand. It's right. through the experiences that we've had. But it's up to us to wake up and understand what was that about? Why did my soul call it for? Yeah. Why did great. I, yep. you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm reminded of um, in my in my work with the Course in Miracles, I, I volunteer with the Foundation for Inner Peace, mm-hmm. and I've I had the beautiful opportunity to meet Judith Scutchwitzen, who is the woman who actually published the course when mm-hmm. Helen Shackman and Bill Thetford, after they received the material, they were led to Judith Scutch, who then was the person who made sure it was disseminated throughout the world, mm-hmm. and she always asks this question what is it for? And like, and, and I think that's really what you're speaking to. But the other thing that the course talks about is the atonement. Mm. And essentially we can't undo the mistake, but we can reprogram our story around it. And here's what the course, I'm going to just want to read this part from chapter five of the course. It's the end of chapter five. And it's essentially the atonement prayer. And it says, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. So although the physical consequences of this decision can't be undone, the metaphysical consequences can be. Well, the, and we can reprogram that story. Well, what she's saying is something that I tell my clients all the time. At any moment, you can make another choice. Life is a series of choices. Wherever you find yourself, it's based on the choices you've made, whether you make them consciously or unconsciously. And what helps people to really begin to live the life that they want is to understand that for every choice you make, there's a consequences. For every action, there's an equal and as powerful reaction. And when you understand that, you begin to choose based on where you want to be and what you want the consequences to be. And that's why she's saying, I can, I may, I must have made the wrong decision, but I can go back and learn from that so that I know what decision is right for me. I can go back and know that the the divineness in me will dissipate the consequences and someone, because we're all connected. Yeah, no one else is going to learn from those consequences as well. You know, the affected people, it's, it's their turn to stop and look, okay, this happened, but I called this into my life as well. It's all interconnected. Absolutely. The thing is, is that we believe that we're separate and we're individuals. And that is the biggest joke that has been played on mankind yeah. ever. The course ever. in miracles. We believe that yeah. we have a mind. We have no mind. We are all connected into that one mind. What's up there? I mean, science have been looking, trying to find where's the mind in that brain. There's no mind up there. The brain is a receptor and it receives information from the one mind that we're all connected. That's yeah. what makes us connected. Yeah. yeah. But we've been deceived into thinking that we're separate the because we look yeah. different. You know, we're mm-hmm. different colors, we're different hair, yeah. different. It don't matter. We're all divine expressions of that one mind. We are the point in which the universe is experiencing itself. And we have a choice of how that experience happens. Yeah, it's like Marianne Williamson says, we're spokes on a wheel. And we're identifying with our place on the rim of the wheel rather than at the place where we start, which is all in the hub. So at the, we're all in the same place. Yeah. And the course says it this way. The course says, you think you have many problems. You have only one. Only one. And that is your belief in separation. That's it. You believe That's you're it. separated from God. That's it. And I, I, it says, 
we're ideas in the mind of God and an idea never leaves its source. I love it when I'm talking about the course with people, I'll say, you know, we all think about heaven. You know, like we're going to go to heaven one day. We've never left. We've never left. We just think we have. We just believe we have because the ego mind tells us we're separated. It identifies us as our bodies. And the ego's job is to keep things status quo. The right. moment that yeah. you tell ego, get behind me, I'm running this show. You're not running this show. Your life will change drastically. Yeah. yeah. Drastically. But it's difficult because the ego speaks first and the ego speaks loudest. And that's why but that's meditation because we and being loud. That's right. because we have allowed this. We've, we've learned that. Right. We've yeah. trained to understand who we are. I look at us as cells in the body. There's many millions of cells in the body and each cell has a job to do. You know, there might be cells in the heart. They, they make the heart work or in the lungs or in the kidneys or whatever. But that body needs all those cells for the body to work. The body is the universe. The body is God, the, the, the one mind. And all of us together makes this work, makes yeah. things happen. But we don't see, you know, it's like you can't take the heart out and sit it over here and say it's separate and that body's going to keep going. No, it needs the cells of that body, that heart inside of the body right. to keep it working. Yeah. And that's what we are. And, 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 you know, they say cells die off, but what all they're doing is they're changed. They've done what they're going to do. They ran through their cycle and then new cells are every seven days. Our whole body is redone with cells. But we're so bent and determined on getting to death in heaven or whatever, we don't realize that this body was meant to rejuvenate itself until the soul gets tired. But we've got it backwards because you said one thing important. The eagle speaks first and the loudest because that's what we've allowed to happen. When you stand up and understand who and what you are and come from the higher vibrational frequencies that are available to you, especially right now, you tell that ego, get behind me or sit down. I have conversations all the time with mine and you'd be trying to tell, no, no, that's, we're not doing it your way. We're going to do it this <laughs> way. Okay. And it's no, like, seriously, I yeah, know. I have to tell yeah. that's, come on now. Come on. You all, you know, that don't work. Let's, you know, but yeah, people yeah. will keep doing things the same way every day and expecting yeah. different results einstein said that's insanity it is insanity okay yeah yeah so we have and a I, whole bunch of insane people running around here thinking well, they run in the world okay? right right so let me ask you this because one of the things i'm learning to do still learning to do probably for like a long time is to seek guidance to ask for guidance the courses don't make any decisions yourself right um so we're called to always go and to ask the Holy Spirit. So what is your practice for that? Um, how do you, I mean, your energy is off the charts. I love it. You're just excited and, and well, it's, you know, it's amazing. Is, but what do you do? How do you personally keep yourself grounded? How do you, like, is it prayer? Is it meditation? Is it reading? Well, well let me say this. So, prayer, yeah. prayer is when we talk to the universe. And meditation is when the universe talks to us. And so I do both. I do both. And it's not, I don't believe in a lot of ceremony. I think that's what, again, ego has created. But I always think of myself, if I was somewhere and I couldn't get that candle, or I couldn't get that incense, or I couldn't, you know what I'm saying? How then would I commune with that part of myself? That is my guide. I have to be able to do it in the raw, just me and that. So it is a constant. My prayer is constant all throughout the day. I am, before I make a decision, I'm listening. Show me. I put it in your hands. And then when I'm saying in your hands, I'm not saying outside of me. I'm talking to that one mind that I'm connected to, keep me open. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, when I'm feeling here, let it be acceptable. Cause I know if it's acceptable on that higher level, all things 
are going to be okay. Sometimes I'll get up and I'll um, do a 20 minute meditation. And my meditations are simple. Sometimes I'll light a candle and just look at that flame and then close my eyes and go into that. Sometimes I'll just sit still because I just need to be still for a minute. And I may not even hear anything, but what I've done, I know I've reconnected. I'm grounded once again. But Jerome, let me say this. My life, I every it my life is this. This is what I live every day. I breathe, every breath I take, I know I'm connecting back to spirit. Every, you know, and I tell people that when you get angry or upset, you start to breathe shallow and you disconnect from your spirit. Stop. Take a couple of breaths, breathe deep, reconnect to your spirit so you can get on focus, get on, 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 on the right path. It's, it's very simple. We are so blessed. This is not hard. We make it hard. This is not hard to be connected to the higher realms, to be connected to your higher self, to be at one with your higher self. It's not outside you. It's in here. When I lay down at night and I close my eyes and I see all the dots, I know that I'm looking in the universe. I know that's where I am, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I live it. You have to live it. You have to embody it. It has to be a way of living. And knowing that if I hurt you, I'm hurting myself. If I speak ill to you, I'm hurting myself because that means I had to drop out of the higher realms to meet you where you were to get on that level and speak to you. See, I can meet you up here and you're here and then I I can speak to you in a way that's going to bring you some peace because you, you got some problems here and that's okay, baby. But let me let me talk with you. Let me speak to you because see, you are me and I am you. Yeah. 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 It's, and so, that's, yeah. And I, I reminded now of the great Rumi quote, which I'll paraphrase because I can't remember it exactly, but it's the, the one about there is a fear up, up beyond there's all a ideas field of wrong, beyond, yeah. Yeah. And wrongdoing or whatever. There's a field, I'll meet you there. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking yes. about it because it's such a beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, and that's what the word namaste means, right? Oh. That place where you and I are one. That and I, God I, in me sees the God in you. And yeah. we, we, yes. And if more people, and it sounds, you know, people will say it sounds kind of woo woo. But let me tell you something. When you understand that you are here to serve, we're here to serve one another. We're here to support and help one another. When you get to that place of understanding, there is nothing that you cannot have or do. The universe opens up. I tell people all the time, you know, they think if I get mine, they can't get theirs. No, no, no. The universe is unlimited. And uh, imagine what unlimited, you can't see, that means there's no no end. There's no borders. There's no, uh, you know, stop walls. It's unlimited. Not just unlimited, but always expanding too. Always. Getting, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, yes. so if we understand that, then why are you suffering? Right. Why are you doing without? Why would the, the, the universe create we are made in the image and likeness of the universe we are the points of expression so why would the universe take care of the grass and the trees and the flowers and the birds and the bees they don't wonder where they're gonna sleep at night or what food they're gonna eat or what they're gonna wear he takes care of they know they're taking care they know they're in sync with this energy so then why would we the greatest of his creation have to worry about that we don't we don't we don't but we've convinced ourselves that we do and we've convinced ourselves that we've got to compete against each other to have it that is so low energy that is so last year you know i mean it's out (laughs) yeah people need to understand we don't need to compete and it's cooperate and we need to learn to serve one another how may i serve you 
Yeah. Well, I think living with namaste consciousness, it's, it's really beautiful when you get there. And when you stay there, it's, it's sometimes difficult to be there all the time. I'm not an enlightened master, but when I, when I get up in the morning and I think about like one of the less, one of the prayers in the course is where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say into them? Always. And that's the prayer. So we start that way. What and is then, mine to do? Yeah. What is mine to do, Lord? And yeah. then, and then you just, the, the person who's ringing up your groceries at the grocery store, you silently bless them. The sacred in me bows to the sacred in you, you know, and you just show up so differently. Oh, ain't no question. And, and things and, and, roll and off said, your back. And you said, I'm not a master, but you are. When you recognize that in you, then you become that. Do you understand? Well, you are not sure. that because you don't recognize it. You don't accept it. You don't believe it yet. But you are at the highest level that you can be right now. But you must embrace and accept. We are more powerful than we ever know. Oh, absolutely. We are yeah. more, we have more wisdom because we're tied into the universe that knows everything. Come on. Right. Everything. Which, where you want to go? Which point? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's But beautiful. we make it hard. Every time we say that phrase, I'm not something, the universe said, okay, that's what you want. You're not going to be that then. Okay. Right. But when you start saying, I am the two most powerful words, I am, which is intention, affirming, and equal, it equals matter, <clears throat> manifestation, I am, whatever you put behind I am, you begin to create. Those words are, you're, you're speaking God's language. Well, that's what God said. I am the great I am. Hey, I am that I am. And when you say that, oh, glory. Hey, look here. <laughs> Things begin to happen. Right. Things begin to happen. But people will tell themselves they make it hard. They fight so hard for their inadequacies. It's interesting because I, yeah, I love this conversation. And oh gosh, I needed this today because you're just saying all the things to me that I often say. And and then forget. But one of the things that I've often talked about with my clients and with, you know, different people's our crisis of faith. And it's not that we don't have faith. Our faith is strong, but we have faith in the status quo. We have faith in things like some of the stuff you're talking about, competition and lack, right? And limitation. Yeah. yeah, we believe in that. And then that's our experience. Right. And to the right. extent that we can believe in cooperation and abundance and limitless and opportunity and possibility and all of these things, then that's what we we manifest. And, and know, I to, think as as more people wake up and begin to realize that the reality they are in is what they've created, you know, wherever you find your behind, your mind put it there. Okay. And so when you start understanding that concept, you begin to think thoughts that are different yeah. because you know that our thoughts are creative faculty. That's where we begin to create. And the universe is going to give you what you ask for. Okay. Yeah. If you hold yeah. that thought long enough, it's coming. Right. So why not think on what's good, what's true? Absolutely. What's, what, yeah. what's, 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 you know, a blessing, what's loving. Why not? I know. You know? And, and it's, it's so funny because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I was in LA and I have a good friend who lives in Oregon and, and she calls me because she said, you're the one who can always talk me out of my despair. And so we're, we're talking and, and she's worried about the future. And I said to her, I said, you know what, it just occurs to me, when we think about the future, why do we always think worst case scenario? It hasn't happened yet. And I said, but why don't we ever, we can think best case scenario, best case scenario is your, and I said, and look at this, here's the thing that we need to know. In this moment, you're fine. Even if you're going through something challenging, it's not killing you. You know, it's not the end of the, the, the rope. You're fine. God's grace is always sufficient for this moment. So why project this negativity into the future 
yeah when we can think best case scenario yeah yeah well it's 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 again it's how we've been trained we've been trained to think limited we've been trained to think that you know there's going to be a rainy day and that you know we have to suffer and we you know all these things see to me there are going to be things happen that are bad but suffering's an option you can choose how you respond to it because it's not what happened it's yeah. how you respond to it and yeah. most people will choose to suffer pain is inevitable you know? oh pain yeah it's inevitable it is. suffering is optional oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. And, and then here's the other thing even the pain see i won't even say it that way i'll say things are going to happen because right. see when you say pain is inevitable no it's not <laughs> i if think that's exactly if exactly. you're in pain backtrack your decisions and figure out how you got there because right. pain didn't just come out of the air. Okay. And even if somebody brought it to you some way, somehow you have called that on some level for it to show sure. up in your life. So I, that's why I say things are going to happen in your life. You're going to make some wrong decisions. That's going to cause you to, to be out of alignment, be out of integrity with yourself. But suffering's an option. And you can make another choice and turn that situation around. Again, it goes back to what I've said. We don't know how powerful we truly are. Right. Well, and so I'm thinking of this equation, and I know you don't like the word pain, so we'll have to substitute something else in it. But I heard this equation that pain times resistance to pain equals suffering. Too. <laughs> so when that thing shows up mm-hmm. and we resist, and, you resist it, it. and we push it against it, there we're it pushing is. against it, like yes. we're going to make something else yes. happen. Yes, you resist, persist. Persist. And there's okay. something about just allowing. But let, let, and, and see, that's my word for 2022 is surrender. When yeah. you can learn to truly surrender to that higher essence within you, oh my God, the peace, mm-hmm. the ease in which your life unfolds. Yeah. It's, it's, and you, and see, the other thing that I always, always keep in my mind that the universe is conspiring every moment, every second for my highest good. It's yeah. only good. I don't buy into this good and bad, this evil. You know, people say there is evil in the world. Well, okay, that you you stay there. I'm not in, I'm not calling that into my being. I'm not calling that into my existence, you know. Right. And if it even thinks it can, it, it can't get to me because my vibrations, I try to keep them at a level that's so high that I'm not even dealing with that kind of thought process because it's all a thought process. Your Mm -hmm. thoughts have created this evil environment in which you're living. You know, when you think about, I was talking to a girlfriend the other day, she was talking about the home. She said, Esther, this is beyond homeless. These people have went to to a level where they're just surviving. It's just, they, they don't, it's almost like they've lost their humanity. They're, it's just, I'm a surviving, you're not. If you survive, that means I can't survive, you know? But see, that's a whole level of that kind of thinking. I don't, I, that's not where I'm going to be. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. And I know that your thinking will determine the level in which you experience this paradise. It could be a hell or it could be a paradise. It's on, it is based on your thinking because your thinking is creating the reality around you, wherever you find yourself, your thinking has gotten you there. And trust me, that thinking that got you there will not be the thinking that's going to get you out. Right. The well, best thinking got you there. Exactly. So you got to do something different. And I love to, when I'm having conversations with my clients or, or teaching this stuff, I often ask the question, are you living the life of your dreams? Are you living the life you dreamed of? And people always say, no, no, no. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You created this. Yes. So if you want something different, then you have to you have to change your thought process. You have to do something drastically different. <laughs> right. Okay. You have to do something drastically different. And again, I always tell my clients, life is made up of a series of choices. You're either making them consciously or unconsciously. If you're living on automatic, if you're living on default, then this life that you have you created it and you're not realizing that you have the power to change it. It's that simple. But again, 
people have been trained to think that we're limited, that they can't help themselves, that they have to do this and we have to have this done. And if this doesn't happen, this, you know, all of this pushback. Well, yeah, it's, and we live, we live into our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And Louise Hay said, a belief is just a thought and mm -hmm. a thought can be changed. Yes. And that's the work that we have to do. And I think, like you said, it's, it's easy. We make it difficult. It's easy. I think what I've gotten better about is catching the thought. Yeah. Like really. And that's the part that, that takes a little bit of practice is yeah. thinking, okay, where and are my thoughts right now? Even right. counseling out what you say, because. It's so easy. I hear people lead off so easily. They'll say, I know this is going to be difficult, or I know this is bad, or I know this is hard. Well, if that's what you know, then that's what you're going to get. An example, my husband, my husband and I, this is just sort of a great example. You know, you have to make the, the, the phone call to the DMV or someplace, and, you know, and you're dreading it. And my husband, Freddie, will be like, oh. Oh, I have to go to the DMV and it always takes so long and they never know anything, blah, 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 blah. And they're not very helpful. And I'm like, okay. And then I say, I'm going to go to the DMV, I have to go to the DMV and the person I meet is going to be really good at her job or his job. And I'm going to get in there. It's going to be easy and they're going to be helpful. And if they can't help me, they're going to get me to the person who can. He has his experience. I have my experience and they're right. never the same because right. I, and how many times do we do this? We have to have a conversation with somebody about something and we practice in our head how difficult it's going to be. I'm going right. to say this and they're going to challenge that. And then it, it comes about just the way just we the planned way. it because yeah. we, when we, even if we are very kind in our approach initially, they, the subtext is there. Yeah. They know what our thoughts are. All minds right. are connected. So everybody right. knows everything on one level. They know right. that you, you can walk into a room where people have been talking and you can tell if they were blessing you or cutting you down right. just in the energy. Right. Right. All so, is energy. It's all energy. Yeah. All is energy. <laughs> That's right. So you have uh, to be careful. And, you know, you asked me what I do. I keep in my phone. I have an arsenal of books and 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 prayers and things that you know if i'm if i'm in an environment where things are getting a little low i'll i'll put something on you know when i'm in my car i'm listening to a book you know i'm always filling myself with something that's going to uplift me that's going to encourage and inspire me that's going to move me forward and it's um it's something that you have to do consciously because the world around us does not give us that. It does not support that. But the more of us begin to do that, the more that the world will shift to an environment that is conducive for us to flourish, for us to blossom, you know. And I believe with everything in me that it's possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's possible. It is possible. And I think that is a really great place for us to kind of wrap up this conversation you know just the understanding that it's possible for us to raise the vibration of this universe of yeah. this planet but with our thoughts thank yeah. you so much esther that was it was beautiful talking with you uh before we before we end um go ahead and tell uh, you were mentioning before we got on that you were uh started a uh, podcast and so if you want to tell the listeners about that well, or or how they can find you if they wanted to reach out to you for some coaching or whatever okay well yeah. i have a website it's called um esther jones alley esther jones dash alley.com that's my website um you can find me on facebook under esther jones you can find me on instagram under esther jones alley um i can be reached um through my website like I said, it's Esther Jones, one word, dash alley.com. And you can also um, communicate, send me an email through my website. Um, or you can reach out to me on Facebook. I, I'm always posting there. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Esther Jones Alley. So all those places you can reach me to. My podcast that is going to be coming out, we've just finished recording the first season is called E2. And it's me and another um, reverend that went to the interfaith um, school that I went to. We were both ordained under that. 
um, her name is Erica and my name is Esther. So it's E2. Love it. Anyway, we um, will be talking. Of, in fact, our first podcast is It's Possible. Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's in, it's now in, um, in production. It's not out yet, but it should be on Spotify and Apple and all those places like that. Um, and I will be, once it's ready to go, I will be putting it on my Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram so people will know where to reach me. Okay, but awesome. Yes, I've enjoyed talking with you. Oh, you so it's, always, it's always a pleasure and we'll have to do this again. Yes, uh, So if you want to reach me, you can do so at manifestingbrilliance <laughs> at gmail.com. The website is manifestingbrilliance.com. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you found us on, you know, if you find the podcast on Apple or wherever you find it, Apple, uh, iHeartRadio, kind of all over, uh, please take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a comment that helps other people find it. And um, as always, I'm just so grateful that you spent this time with, with me and with Esther today. And uh, the last words I would say is just to you know, go out and think about what's possible. And remember yes. that you are the light. So yes. God bless you all. God love you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.